0: 60 years. That's a long time, Karen. sure is a long time. <laughs> I know. We have done a lot of work in those 60 years. Have we kept the romance alive, or did we just become kingdom workhorses?
1: Well, there was some danger of becoming kingdom workhorses, but we've had the right people in the right place at the right time to keep that from happening. That's what we're going to talk about today. Uh,
2: okay. Welcome to the Before We Go podcast Featuring Dr. David Maines and his wife, noted author Karen Maines. Here's David and Karen Maines.
0: Sixty years of marriage gives you enough time to reflect on lessons learned. Where do we hit this visit, Karen?
1: Well, we've been using our wedding anniversary, which is tomorrow. So we're recording it on the 23rd and our anniversary is on the 24th. But we were using this as an excuse to really look back on 60 years of marriage and ministry and to say, what are the lessons we've learned? What would we have done differently? What do we wish we had done, and what are we rejoicing in? What are we happy about as far as the things that we have been able to do through God's help?
0: I have a friend, Karen, who was incredibly successful mm-hmm. money-wise, Yes, a good person. I would call him a close friend. Mm-hmm. And he said, I made my money, and then I sold the business, mm-hmm. and I thought, I'll just do it over again. Mm-hmm. That second time, it didn't work. didn't work, yeah. Nope. And he came to the place where he said, there's a lot to being the right person at the right time, at the right place, right. and so on. There's a lot of God's providence in terms of what is happening in one's life as well, and certainly we have found that to be true. So we looked
1: back in preparation for this podcast and said, when has that happened in our 60 years of marriage? And it was an interesting exercise, very revealing. We laughed. We were grateful for those people who had been our life. We'd like to share some of that conversation with our audience today. I would say
0: that even the two of us coming together as a couple, We're quite different, and yet it's an amazing team on Mm -hmm. behalf of the Lord Mm -hmm. and His kingdom.
1: How did that happen? I
0: look back, and I think I wasn't the smartest guy in the whole world. I was away at seminary, and I thought that I need to move along here. My brother's married now. My older brother, my younger sister's married. I need to find me a wife. (laughs) I had what I thought was a romance going Mm -hmm. with a gal back at the college Mm -hmm. at Wheaton, where I graduated from. And somehow, in retrospect, That all fell apart, and I had almost nothing... Whatsoever to do with it. Mm-hmm. it. It just crumbled. It collapsed. She'd had some, yeah, and, I think, emotional problems or something like that. The parents stepped know in and. What I what to talk about. They wouldn't even let me talk to with her. her. So that was a very difficult time. And thought, what in the world are you doing, Lord? Mm-hmm. And in the process of all of that, guess who came along in my life? Well, what happened was you were hired on the national staff. There of, were many, many students coming to Wheaton College who had a Youth for Christ background. Right. And then they kind of dropped out of Youth for Christ because there was no program that said, how do we incorporate them now as leaders? And, and, and that was my responsibility. And make
1: them permanent staff mm-hmm. after their college years in the mm-hmm. Youth for Christ organization, because they've learned so much about clubs, and you had all kinds of kids. You stepped into that role to develop those student leaders into leaders who would uh, work
0: in youth for christ and i I think a lot of those people have made significant kingdom contributions yeah but also in all of that i found that there was someone in high school (laughs) hadn't graduated from high school yet who was incredibly attractive to me so
1: you were our rally director youth for christ rally director for fox valley with this task of training up young leaders But you did work then with all the clubs. Mm -hmm. So may I share my side of the story? So I'm um, a a high school senior, but I'm Mm -hmm. only 16 years old. I was advanced in grade school somewhere. And so I'm 16 years old, going on 17 in January. But in the fall of the year, we start up our clubs, Mm -hmm. and I have very efficiently lined up some Wheaton College football players. (laughs) On my club speaking schedule as I thought that would be kind of an attraction and draw more people to the club meetings, which were once a week, early in the morning, seven o'clock before school. We had our YFC club meetings
0: and you had a lot of people. I, I mean, had a lot you of people 40, forty, fifty people, probably.
1: yeah, forty or fifty kids. And so I had this college we college football player lined up to speak, which takes some hotpot to call people cold. but I had developed that kind of confidence at least at that time. And I got this call from the Youth for Christ headquarters saying, we have just hired David Maines to build up teams that will stay in Youth for Christ and be part of the ministry, and he's assigned to come speak in your club this week. No consultation, but it was all right with me. I mean, it was just a high school kid, but it wasn't all right with me, by the way. <laughs> So the first thing I know of you, apart from that phone call, is I get a phone call from you, very nicely and very gently, not apologizing, but asking for information and coming to speak. And I'm still huffy about this. I don't think I was very warm or friendly over the phone, but you did such a great well, job. I've never
0: been called bozo before.
1: <laughs> <I> did not. <laughs> But you did such a great job that morning. You were such an excellent communicator, even as a young man, that I felt totally differently about you after you left. But anyway, that was our first meeting. So when you look back, there were some elements there. We're talking. This podcast is called "The Right People in the Right Place with the Right Task at the Right Time," and that's what we looked back, getting ready for the podcast. Who are those people in our lives? One of them was the national club director. National
0: director, director, yeah.
1: His name was Jack Hamilton. Just all these
0: people we name, and we're still alive, and they've gone on. People have gone on to their reward.
1: Fabulous club director, national Mm -hmm. club director, great with young people, and a wonderful presence in my life. I mean, he was very encouraging to me as a Mm -hmm. high schooler. But I think he had some words of wisdom to share with you. So this would be one of those right people.
0: Yeah, well, you would sometimes stop at the Youth of Christ headquarters office on the way home from school. Because my mother
1: worked there, yeah. And. I
0: got a chance to talk to you and kind of look forward to when you were coming by. <laughs>
1: When's Karen coming and I in? didn't
0: know that anyone was watching because my <laughs> office was on a different floor than all the bigger name guys. Yeah. And uh, he said, you know, some people say that you should just wait until Karen gets into college before you think about dating. But I think maybe that's not a good idea. <laughs> so I, I thought to myself, what is he saying to me? <laughs> Because was there was nice. a rule at the time that... It's, oh, uh, heavens, not a rule. It was the law of the Medes and the Persians.
1: <laughs> that if you were, you know, a leader, um, mm-hmm. a staff person, you didn't date any of the high school kids. But somehow you kept showing up, means. <laughs> and we started dating secretly when I was in the last half of my high school year. But he was the person at the right time in the right place who understood mm-hmm. that there was something that needed to go on between us that wasn't just an informal relationship. Isn't that interesting, David? Yeah, How does that happen?
0: Happen. Yeah, and that he had the courage to confidentially say that to me. Yeah, was an step interesting in, thing. step
1: in now before she's attached yeah. to someone
0: else. So. There are so many other ways as we look back on our lives where God, in a special manner, mm-hmm. kind of prepared things and sometimes there was pain involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you have any thoughts about it yourself?
1: Well, one is the intervarsity board, but did you have something that you wanted that's to... Fine. Okay.
0: That's fine, we're not going to cover everything okay. this visit because there's so, Because this illustrations was later in life.
1: In life. I was prepared myself to just concentrate on my writing. And we had a friend from New York. We were in the pastorate at the time, you and and I, and a church that was highly creative. And we had established it ourselves and designed it. The Heart Heart of Chicago. Heart of Chicago. And so this friend was from New York City and got wind of the church and visited the church. Mm -hmm. Probably one of the more creative men we've ever met.
0: Yeah, he was a vice president at what was Saatchi and Saatchi the second largest if my memory is correct advertising agency in the country in the country yeah and he would kind of hang around at the end. He was how many years older? Probably oh, if, 15, 20
1: yeah. years older than us. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And he's the typical advertising he's executive. He said
1: the meathead. He'd call someone a meathead. Yeah, you know, he was a New York, York, Dave. I think that's more Yeah. yeah he yeah, he said to me, you
0: know, if my staff were as creative as you, that would be really something. I'd hire you on an instant, you know. But then he was not just talk. He invited us to his home, yeah. Charlotte, his wonderful wife, you know, and his kids babysat for our kids. Took us into so, the city, you know he had all these free passes to the theater. We saw the biggest name theater productions you can imagine because of Tom. And that was amazing.
1: Recognized that we hadn't really been tutored in art or hadn't been exposed mm-hmm. to it much. A little bit here, but not a lot. So it was the Metropolitan Museum. It was wonderful dinners out in these fabulous local, mm-hmm. well-known restaurants in New York City. They had a place on Oak Island.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: we were invited to go and spend the summer there. And like you said, their Teenage children jumped in and took care of our little kids so we could enjoy these experiences.
0: Tom was on the board of InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. Right. And they needed women. Women on their board. They had how many women?
1: One who didn't talk at the table. And and at that time, it was very common for women to be pulled into a group of very powerful verbal men and not know that they could feel comfortable speaking at the table, Mm -hmm. which has never been a problem, if anyone knows me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was my <like> qualifying gift. <laughs> but he thought you would be a benefit. He thought it would benefit me. And, and it, it, it would work in both ways, it right? It would
1: work in both ways. So I kind of reluctantly, okay, Tom, if you think I should do this, went on the board of intervarsity, which was one of the highlights of my personal, professional, and spiritual life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I couldn't have anticipated.
0: It was totally outside of your totally realm outside. of thinking. I
1: had no idea. I hadn't really done much local board work, but not on a big national. Board like that, and they took their role seriously. And there was board training, how to governance training, almost every single meeting. I came home and I said to you, I feel like I've had a master's degree in governance. But they also then wanted me to serve as the first woman chair of the board. Whoa. And I protested like crazy. And then another right person stepped into my life, who was Stephen Hainer. And he was the CEO of InterVarsity. He had just been brought on. He had degrees at Stanford and doctorates from Edinburgh University. Mm -hmm. This was a man of enormous intellect. But his major emphasis was relational. And he said, we can't do the work of the kingdom unless we have relationships with one another. And I was his gal because I felt that way as well.
0: It's actually amazing that you were made chairperson. Yeah, but Karen, you were the right person at the right time because you, from our city experience, you browned that board.
1: Me had a background in racial dialogue reconciliation. and reconciliation and working together with people of the races intentionally, mm-hmm. and they needed that because that that time in the board that board needed to do that. You're a campus organization working with students. It was projected by the year 2020 there will be no white majority on campus, mm-hmm. which is exactly what's happening now. Mm -hmm. So I was pulled on it for a variety of reasons to function as chair, protesting, kicking, and screaming in my heart. Well, it was probably
0: terrifying in some ways.
1: Well, I just wanted to do other things, and it felt like my ministry of writing kept being interfered with by bigger other ventures. However, let me emphasize again for the listener, because this is work that we want them to do when we're done with this podcast. Those were the right people at the right time, in the right place, with the right task for my life and also for them. It was an extraordinary journey.
0: Mm -hmm. I think we could talk about this in so many different ways and we have privately. Mm -hmm. We're aware of God's hand in a wonderful manner on our lives.
1: Can you give an example out of your
0: life? Well, I was going to go to Scripture. Okay. This is a wonderful verse. It almost brings me to tears when I read it. This is way back in the book of Genesis, Mm -hmm. in the story of Joseph. You know how Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. Regularly in Genesis, it has this phrase, The Lord was with Joseph. And he's prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. Uh-huh. So he's a slave, uh-huh. but the Lord was with Joseph. Uh-huh. He does very well, and then he's put in prison because uh-huh. somebody lies about him. Uh-huh. But here's this same phrase again. But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. Huh. The Lord showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. The Lord was with him in uh-huh. all of this, you know. And I'm sure that he was a human being and he probably felt this is a real struggle. But in reality, God was unfolding his life in and, a marvelous way. And brought way.
1: the right people at the right place at the right time, even when it was imprisonment. It's extraordinary, isn't it? I did a David Maines here. Okay. okay, I put this into a key biblical true sentence.
0: We should have a trumpet fanfare here because <laughs> in all the times we've dialogued together, I think always I have been the one who's <laughs> written the key sentence.
1: The key sentence is this, and there's a response in it too, just so you know, David. I did it right.
0: <laughs> That's because you knew I would ask, what's the response <laughs> you're going
1: Christians need to learn to respond joyfully when God provides the right people for the right task at the right time in the right place.
0: Okay, how do people respond joyfully?
1: Well, I think that we have a tendency to say, well, isn't that interesting? Who would have thought? But what we need to do is determine that we're going to see God's hand behind us the way Joseph did when he was in prison. Exactly that way. Knew that God had done this, had designed this. And then to be joyful about it, not just sort of say, well, that's interesting, to intentionally say, God, you extraordinary. Oh, my Lord, look what you have done. You have coordinated all of these elements so that I will be at the right place at the right time with the right task and the right people. I praise you and I thank you.
0: It's so easy to overlook the divine action that moves in our lives at so many times in so many ways. So we have taken these 60 years kind of to use it as a time of reflection. We're remembering all the occasions when God pulled off the right people, the right time, the right task, the right place, miracles to help us do his work in the world. And that's what we want people to do as well.
1: Now, I want to say to our listeners who are listening to this very podcast, you and I did this exercise this morning to get ready for this podcasting. And
0: we have probably three or four illustrations we could give, but I don't think it's necessary. But it
1: was a wonderful exercise for it. It evoked the past. We sat in awe in the remembrance of what God had done, and we're wanting our listeners to do this same exercise in their lives. We promise it will be fruitful. It will bring you joy. Feel that joy. Rest in it a little bit and then lift your heart and gratitude to the Father who has orchestrated this
2: in your life. You've been listening to the Before We Go podcast. And if you would like to write to us, please send us an email at the following address, hosts at beforewego.show. That's all lowercase letters, hosts at beforewego.show. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please remember to rate, review, and share on whatever platform you listen. This podcast is copyright 2021 by Mainstay Ministries, Post Office Box 30, Wheaton, Illinois 60187.